When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone. It's Patrick. I've got some exciting news. In this episode, you may hear some allusions to the fact that our iOS ITB app is not yet out. But actually, that's not true. It is actually out now finally released. So go to the App Store on iOS, type in Inside the Boards, download our app for exclusive and expanded shows, early access to content or podcasts that we're going to be releasing in the future, some meditations designed specifically for medical students with the hope that they'll be used during your dedicated USMLE prep time to help you stay a little bit healthier And then, of course, high-yield samples from our all-audio QBank and the option to purchase a subscription. If you're a previous subscriber via Podbean, keep an eye on your email. We'll be sending you instructions on how to transfer your current subscription so that you can access the audio QBank on the new iOS app. It is a beta version. It's not perfect, but I think it is perfect as a companion to help you study on the go while you're driving, working out, whatever you have to do in life. We're hoping to give you back some time through producing this audio cue bank. Thank you for being patient with me as we've gone through this journey together. I'm very excited about Inside the Boards. I'm very excited about helping you with your medical education. And hopefully we're able to do at least something to make your lives a little bit better. So... Thank you so much for listening. Go download our app. Hey, everyone, it's Patrick. And today I actually have a question for you. How would you like to have your board exams paid for? Well, thanks to Physician Loans, we're going to be launching a contest soon. The grand prize, we will pay for your USMLE Step 1 or Step 2 registration fee. First through fourth year U.S. medical students are eligible, whether you've taken the exam already or not. We'll be running the contest till July 1st. The details and rules are forthcoming, but if you want to be the first to know and to get a head start, head over to InsideTheBoards.com, sign up for our email list, and you could win your USMLE exam registration fee, as well as some other cool prizes. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Inside the Board Study Smarter series dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer so you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed on your exam. Hey everyone, today it is part two of our hematology discussion for our 
Study Smarter mini-series for the USMLE Step 2 and Shelf Exam Internal Medicine Edition. We have a 59-year-old male being evaluated for a one-week history of fatigue, forgetfulness, constipation, polyuria, and polydipsia. He has hypertension and diabetes and is on lisinopril and metformin. Two months ago, he had a left lower lobe pneumonia. On physical exam, presently, he is somnolent but arousable, but quickly falls asleep mid-sentence. Vitals show afebrile, normal blood pressure, a heart rate of 123, and a respiratory rate of 18. His mucous membranes are dry, and the anterior rim of his eyes are pale, but his lungs are clear and his heart rate is tachycardic, as mentioned. Laboratory exam shows a normal white blood cell count, a hemoglobin of 8, normal platelets, elevated calcium of 14, the normal's 10, a creatinine of 2.9, total protein slightly elevated 8.2 from 7, and an albumin of 3.2 down from 4. His urinalysis is negative for protein, and a chest x-ray shows osteopenia without acute pulmonary findings. Blood smear is normal, and the patient's calcium is treated with intravenous fluids and bisphosphonates, and his mental status improves. A bone marrow biopsy is performed. What is most likely to be seen on the biopsy? It's another dense one, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we've got A, plasmacytosis, B, myelogenous blasts, C, mature lymphocytes, or D, metastatic lung cancer. Do, 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 do. Cue music here. So this patient has, I think the most important thing to talk about here is his hypercalcemia which corrects even higher given his hypoalbuminuria or hypoalbuminemia, whatever. <laughs> he sounds like he has myeloma. So on the, what is it, bone marrow biopsy, he's going to have... Just one myeloma or multiple myeloma? Uh, multiple myeloma, 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 myeloma. So he's going to have a plasma cytosis, right? I think greater than 10% is sort of the, the cutoff we like. So I, I would go with A, plasma cytosis. Yep, that is correct. What would you say is the most attractive distractor here? Mm. I would say it's metastatic lung cancer. I would probably go with that too. Honestly, I, I like pin on these renal cell patients in my mind when I think of this. So if that had been renal cell cancer, I would have really would have had to like step back and think about it. Wait, um, why? Because of his uh, creatinine and uh, so yeah, it gives you the picture. And I've all I've just had a patient who's had like uh, severe hypercalcemia uh, related to his renal cell so that just kind of sits in my mind when i start to see this picture yeah um this exact patient the only only difference being that they had a metastatic renal cell ah. is our diagnosis 
Well, that's diagnostic momentum, focusing on one diagnosis and fitting the pieces into it. So, Stuart, that is a a clinical cognitive error. (laughs) So, you know, it's it's the morning and you're... How about this? Any perineoplastic syndrome is what (laughs) the things that also pique my interest when I think about them. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, just line by line on this uh, vignette to highlight. So we've got a 59-year-old guy with constitutional symptoms. His history isn't all that revealing um, in terms of pointing out uh, the diagnosis. But importantly, we see that his lab findings have a few things like uh, an anemia, right, the hypercalcemia, and the elevated creatinine. And importantly, the chest x-ray shows osteopenia without acute pulmonary disease, right? Um, And presumably, they would tell you about more chronic pulmonary disease if, you know, for instance, there was a, a mass found. And then his hypercalcemia is is treated, and we see a clear connection between the treatment and improvement of his uh, symptoms. So I'm still thinking, like, I'd be between metastatic lung cancer and plasma cytosis, but for the fact that his x-ray is normal, so I'm going to rule out metastatic lung cancer just based on that and go with the plasma cytosis. But keeping in yeah. mind that, like you said, all perineoplastic syndromes. Um, so, you know, if he had, what is it, uh, non-small cell lung cancer, it's likely to produce parathyroid hormone-related peptide, PTHRP, which can stimulate the release of calcium from bone. and in so doing, also predisposes to acute kidney injury. Take some liberties here with this question because they're saying there's a normal chest X-ray and they're saying this person is toxic. He's really sick. Yeah. Uh, And you would expect if this was lung cancer that was bad enough to make this patient look this sick, it was probably all over the chest X-ray, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, The fact that you have a chest X-ray here that is fairly normal makes it difficult. To, to say that that would be metastatic lung cancer. If it was metastatic, there would be probably some large masses seen on the on the uh, X-ray. Now, in reality, like, are you going to use an X-ray to diagnose that? No, but for the purposes of kind of reading into why it's not metastatic lung cancer here. Yeah, and I mean, his symptoms can be explained basically by hypercalcemia, He's got osteopenia on somnolent. Yeah. Right. Those are the, those are the main things you're going to see. And then they've got this part where they talk about him coming in and out of consciousness. And then his, his calcium is given, he give fluids for calcium for hypercalcemia and um, bisphosphonates, like typically give something like IV 
zolindrinic acid or zolindronate. <laughs> um, and funny thing, treating with a bisphosphonate will lower the calcium over time and give it like 48 hours and then they start to act a little bit better, right? Another thing for like high immediate calcium reduction would be something like calcitonin. Yep. I wonder if it's clear enough to say, you know, you see somebody with osteopenia in a vignette that is not clearly, you know, women osteopenia get it. with osteoporosis. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Osteoporosis. Man, common disease. Going to those Z score grade less than negative 2.5. Oh, yeah. And I have a story on that, which I'll tell at some point where during my board exam, I, I told the examiners that it was negative uh, 1.5 and then had this moment walking out of my OBGYN boards and thought, uh, wait a minute, that makes no sense because it's a standard deviation. <laughs> and 2.5 makes a lot more sense putting patients outside the uh, the bounds of normal um, distribution. So at any rate, you see that osteopenia on the chest X-ray, uh, and then the myeloma basically gets in the marrow, crowds out other cells. So you see the anemia; the bones can't produce red blood cells normally, um, and then you also get these immunoglobulins produce, which uh, predispose patients to infection like pneumonia um, and renal failure as they get deposited in the kidneys. What else to know about multiple myeloma, like high-yield pearls? Uh, like the protein gap might be useful. So here this patient had a, a pro total protein of 8.2. They told you normal was 7. Oh, and you're like, that's not that elevated, but then their albumin is also low. So their protein gap is actually wide. Um, that's a useful number for when you're thinking about multiple myeloma. You can have things like we talked about, you talked about the kidney injury, but it can also cause what you've got. What is it? Um, AL amyloid floating around so you ha can have like amyloidosis sort of picture with deposition in any end organ or you have like heart failure or basically from excess protein like a what is it restrictive uh, heart failure like what else is important here mm. what about the m spike oh man everybody loves the m spike right so if you do <laughs> Protein electrophoresis, your SPEP for the serum, you see this monoclonal, or it's not necessarily a monoclonal spike, is it? I mean, I, I think. Yeah, it is. It is a monoclonal spike. M, M no, for it's monoclonal. Not a, it's not an IgM spike is what I think is something that some people get confused. And then you can actually have, you can do a UPEP as well and look for protein in the urine, right? Yep. What about uh, Benz-Jones proteins? What, are those just the uh, immunoglobulins you see in the urine? So I think they can be seen outside the urine as well. I'd have to look into that. But I think for the purposes of step two, that's a fair, that is a fair simplification, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. That's, that's fine. But yeah, I guess the other thing you could see Benz-Jones proteins called which you likely would on an exam that's trying to move away from 
eponyms like this um, are, are immunoglobulin light chains uh, in the urine, like kappa chains or lambda chains, they say. What's interesting, though, like if he had no protein in the urine, I feel like, wouldn't you have proteinuria with a bunch of immunoglobulins in your urine? So here's the thing about that. You, here you have this whole picture that's sort of painting you toward myeloma, and then they give you this one fact that kind of lowers myeloma on your on your differential, right? Yeah. The whole, and that's sort of what these good test questions are trying to do. They're trying to make you decide on, you know, do I have enough evidence evidence here to go with myeloma? Or do I need to start thinking about something else here? This one's kind of a hard giveaway when, you know, at the end of the day, they do a bone marrow biopsy and they ask you what they saw. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it, I don't know what metastatic lung cancer looks like on the bone marrow biopsy, but I probably wouldn't pick it just because of that, right? Yeah. Um, in my mind. But for for these, like I said, these good vignettes, they have a lot of information and sometimes they tell you, give you negatives. And in reality, with real patients, there are negatives. And I think that's helpful for making you think, you know, is that an important thing enough to have to call this multiple myeloma? Or are we good enough here with the other information we have, right? And I would say, like, pertinent positives and negatives are often, often the way they rule in or rule out one of the answer choices. Like, that should be obvious, but I, I think, like, systematically when you're like, oh, crap, there's a bunch of information here, um, I'm torn between answers, like, Look at those pertinent positives. Look at those pertinent negatives. And if you can come up with a, a reason why one of those rules out uh, an answer choice that you're torn between and another, um, I would just go with ruling it out based on, you know, even just those one items. Uh, you might be wrong some of the times, but, you know, it's a decent and that's the that's what go. the test and step two is really focusing on when they're asking you a what is the diagnosis kind of question and they give you all these similar options and you're thinking, gosh, this could be any of these. They know that they're wanting you to go down the routes and say, what's the most important thing here? What are my pertinent positives? What's the like pathognomonic finding here? You know, sort of like the last um, question we were just doing, if you didn't have those smear results, it could have been any of these answers, right? And here they've given you the serious picture for myeloma, but, you know, if they had thrown um, Waldenstrom's macroglobulinemia on here as well, like, gosh, what are you going to do without knowing, like, the percentage of things? Yeah, uh, I'd love to get into that. But my son is currently experiencing an asthma exacerbation, so I have to go give him inhaled fluticasone and, more importantly, albuterol before he escalates. So we will end this here, and actually, probably the next episode, we will be covering pulmonary diseases uh, for step two. Uh, thanks to Online Meded today for generously providing this content. 
And if you haven't got your premium online MedEd subscription yet, and we know you're going to, please do so by clicking the link in the show notes. Uh, OME gives us a return of a little bit um, for driving people to their platform, which helps inside the board. So if you're going to get online MedEd anyways, please click our link in order to do so. Today's music is by DJ Bezo, a.k.a. Augustine Beeman. The song is King Jeff and his apprentice Bart. We'll be featuring more from this young emerging artist who also happens to be my son. I'm just really proud of the creative work he's doing and wanted to support him in his endeavors. So thank you, Augustine. We'll look forward to more of your art which we'd be happy to feature on the ITV podcast.